Welcome to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Theology and Pastoral Network. My name is Father Stan Chu Ilo. I'm your host today. Here is a gathering of African scholars, African pastors, everyday African Catholic, and other Christians who come into this forum, a space for dialogue, for conversation, to talk about how the life of the church is manifesting itself in many ways than one, and how the lives of our people are being shaped by the church as well as uh, social issues. So we tell the story of Africa. We tell the story through the voices of Africans. And sometimes these stories are told through the voices of some people who have defined the trajectory of theology or of pastoral life in the continent. Such a person is my conversation partner today, Reverend Father Elochuku Eugene Uzuku. Father Uzuku, welcome to African Catholic Voices. Thank you for inviting me. And as is our tradition here, we would like you to introduce yourself to our international and African audience. I won't take long. You already said my name, Elochuku Uzuku. I'm of the old generation, almost maybe the, the one left of the old generation of theologians uh, in Africa, going to meetings, following the Vatican Council too. Not only am I a priest, but then about 50 years ago, mm-hmm. but also I worked as um, in the pastoral and information of young people. Mm-hmm. I, my best experience as a pastor and as a formator was taking charge of a minor seminary in Nigeria. And then after my graduate studies, my best experience was teaching in the Congo and working with the, the Congo theologians to redo my theology. I'm meeting mm-hmm. people like Cardinal Malula, who was practically a father to me. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. then on, then, you know, I've been all the time teaching in Nigeria, in France, in Ireland, and now, now in the United States. That's great. Uh, you have a very rich history. I know your name rings a bell to anyone who is studying theology, particularly ecclesiology, not only in Africa, but all over the world. So what prepared you for this? You mean what prepared me? Like what? Like uh, to, become, God, to become, to become, to God, become. <laughs> drop God's word in my ears or something yeah. like that? Maybe, maybe God spoke to you when you were a little child. Oh, you are going to be a well-known scholar in Africa and in the world. And this is how you will prepare yourself. Maybe there were some muses that came to your parents when you were born. Yeah, well, I must be straightforward and frank with you. As a child, going to primary school, I had two ambitions, one of two. I wanted to realize mm-hmm. either to be a headmaster because I like my headmaster <laughs> <laughs> or to be a priest. <laughs> but I, I decided being a headmaster because the guy was too big. I didn't know how I would be able to grow as big as Maurice Sojuku. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he had a pot belly? Was it uh, pot, like... pot, but, but uh, front and behind, he was big. 
<laughs> yeah. And then uh, my parish priest was uh, from Luxembourg, Paracetas. And I told my mother I wanted to be a priest. And my mother laughed and said, uh, you have to be white to be priest. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Uh, but then finally, in my, my final year in the primary school, I wrote, an, you know, what will you do when you leave school? My teacher was my cousin who had tried the seminary. So I told my cousin, I'm going to be a priest. And that's the end of the story. That's the way. I mean, I continued going and I've not stopped. I like it. And from there then to scholarship. Mm-hmm. Scholarship, you know, you struggle. You want to do things well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was the best, but I tried to do things the way I thought I should do them. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know that both of us attended the same university, University of St. Michael's. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that you left a very, a very important uh, footprint there and everywhere you have been. So we thank God really for your life, as we call you Ichie Uzuku, <laughs> for so many people whose lives you've touched, many people you have formed, many theologians in Africa and everywhere in the world. And now we are in a synodal process. Pope Francis has invited the church to undertake this journey. For some, this is just another cycle of what we do in the church. Or some we think is a circuit. We just do what the Pope says we should do. For some bishops, it's another task, another job, another department to be created. Mm-hmm. So do you think that we really need this synod at this time in the life of the church and in the world? I must tell you, one of the best experiences of this my later life is one, the election of Pope Francis, and two, the style of Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. If you recall, the way the Pope just did not bless us after his election, mm-hmm. but wanted the church to bless him, people to impose hands on him. This is a servant church. So, right from the word go, not only choosing the name Francis, but from his style, there is a major shift by this post-Vatican II pope mm-hmm. to witness uh, in a servant church. The Synod was, from that perspective, for me, a great blessing. Because, as he said, this is not parliamentarism. We are not just speaking in a parliament and so on or to push ideas. This is deep listening to the Holy Spirit. From the bottom up, deep listening to the Holy Spirit. My prayer and the prayer of the Pope, if we listen, I'm sure our life will be better and the Mm -hmm. world will be better. That's very important. That's a very remarkable observation that you have made about the style of this Pope. And many of us also see in his words, that he speaks often of a listening church. And I know that sometime in October, we're going to have a meeting in Rome, and hopefully I will see the Pope and ask him, I would say, yeah. did you read a book by one <laughs> Elochuku Zuku called A Listening Church? Yeah. Because he has not cited you, but I think those yeah. around him are citing you. And I don't know how you feel that the book you wrote 26 years ago, yeah. to great acclaim by many, yeah. 
but also yeah. by some a book by a rebel that yeah, yeah, the Pope yeah. is now using exactly the same yeah. word you use that we yeah, need yeah. a listening church yeah. in the world church today. Yeah. How do you feel about this? I must tell you, I was fascinated. I was pleased. Not that I used the term. I mean, after all, I didn't create that term or the expression. Not that I used it as a title of a book, but what follows, what comes along with it. And that is what Synod is all about. Dropping, as we say in Ibu, you know, eton tinana, dropping your ears to the ground so as to hear the conversation going on among the ants you see moving around. You think that the ants are not talking. They are talking. If you drop your ears on the ground, you hear it. And the church as a community of the faithful has to listen deeply. There is no way we can be church unless we hear what the Spirit is telling us. So I'm, I'm very happy, consoled, that that expression is used. And I must thank people who helped me to organize, or rather to give a title to a book I already finished with that particular idea of listening. You know, I must thank them because now their dreams also have come true. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. Professor Elochuku Zuko. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. And today, my conversation partner is foremost theologian and scholar, Professor Father Elochuku E. Uzuku, the author of the famous book, A Listening Church. And Professor Uzuku has been emphasizing the importance of listening to the spirit. He uses the analogy of the ants, that if you put your ear to the ground, you will hear the conversation of the ants, that we need a church that listens from bottom up. And he finds in Pope Francis, a man who actually is living and implementing some of the most important decisions and movements that started with the Second Vatican Council. And this is coming from a man, Professor Zuku, who as a child wanted to be a headmaster. <laughs> but, now, <laughs> but now, still, that shows that God wanted you to be a teacher, and you've continued to be a teacher to teach all of us. And I know that Africa, at this point, the African church, that is, needs people like you in many ways. As this synodal process is ongoing, we have African synodal initiatives, we have different conversations going on. So how satisfied are you with how the synod is going on in Africa in terms of the topics they are talking about, some of the burning issues that are not being talked about? So I don't know how you have been participating and how you have been observing and what your feelings are about what's going on? I must disappoint you because I have not been part of the Africa group or joined any particular section or diocese, uh, except people who ask for my advice. I'm about to speak to this particular group. What do you think? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I must disappoint you in that way. Now, it's not good, like in this kind of interview, to be talking about rumors. You know, like people who are wondering, why are, are you giving us more job, more work to do? What's the purpose of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It can happen. I thought in 1994, 95, when I was writing a listening church, 96, when it was published, I was convinced then the major problem we have in the African church, despite our dynamism, despite the work among the young people, despite the participation of the women, the major problem we have was clericalism. It's a major problem. And the clerical, I I don't want to use the word, but I have to use it. The clerical autocracy, the way the church is, is run from the bishop downwards. Now, people think that chapter six of my book was too radical. I must tell you, I haven't read it again. I think everything I said there relevant, mm-hmm. that we need to change the style of being church, style of being church. Ministry must be ministry. And this is a golden opportunity for the diocese, for the conferences to come together and take the walk of listening together. Yeah, so I really like the point you're making. I'm surprised that the SECAM, for instance, the Symposium of Episcopal Conferences of Africa and Madagascar, or even uh, RECOWA, the uh, Association of Bishops of West Africa, where you originally come from, Mm-hmm. Or even I must say, or any of the regions, I'm surprised that they have not yeah. invited you to the yeah. table. Is it yeah. because of chapter six? Is it because <laughs> that you 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 might be too critical of yeah. the bishops? I'm surprised. I'm really shocked that you are the master, if you like, yeah. the first who have clearly articulated the narrative and the pathway yeah. for a synodal church in Africa and in the world church. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm shocked that you have not been invited to the table of yeah. the Palava. Yeah, one or two people have asked my advice. I've made my point clear to them. And as I said to one of them, you are using Pope Francis, but you are playing safe. Synod is not playing safe. Synod is listening deeply to the Holy Spirit and speaking the truth because it's only on the basis of the truth that we suddenly find out what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We have to listen in all truthfulness and all honesty. There is no particular agenda here in a synod. There is no particular agenda. There are going to be no victors. We become a better kind of community, and it will be very good for everybody. So whether I am consulted or not, really, it doesn't matter. What matters to me is that people are getting the conversation going. Thank you. So if I may ask you, Professor Uzuku, are you happy with the church in Africa? Or are you satisfied? Or are you sad? Or are you disappointed? You can take it from (laughs) which of these. Yes, yes. I will not say I am fully satisfied, nor will I say that I am disappointed, completely disappointed. I have a colleague here with whom I always have a conversation. And good at thing is on the side of scripture, 
and I am on the side of liturgy and ecclesiology. And he gets upset anytime he goes to Nigeria about the same clerical autocracy, the legislations and some of the decisions. Okay, can I focus now on especially Eastern Nigeria? You know, it is a very, you have very large Catholic communities. So he's so disappointed. But I tell him, no, the priest is not the church. I do know that in my own parish, the parish priest may take decisions, mm-hmm. may make announcements. But I know that the women group are functioning. I know that the sodalities are functioning. I know that they have a voice in this church, at least from the perspective of supporting the movement and supporting the life of the pastors and the assistants. The church is the gathered community, not the priest. That's the only area I say I have strong hesitations. The area I have really, really positive, really positive and hopeful interest is the young people and the women. Young people, the women, and the charismatic movement. I know many of the priests in Nigeria are imitating the style of the Pentecostals. That is not really a bad idea. If you can get the word down to the level and as well as the Pentecostals. But in Eastern Africa, Central Africa, the little communities, the, the uh, small Christian communities, the, the small Christian communities, you know, those are the hopeful areas of the church. That's where I'm very positive. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we come to the last question then. Okay. What are the five lessons for a synodal church that yeah. you are proposing to Africa? So beyond what you like, what you don't like, yeah. what will be your vision, yeah. a roadmap for yeah. the church in Africa to be a synodal church, to be a listening church, to be yeah. a vital church, and to yeah. be a mirror for yeah other churches outside of of Africa, of how a listening church will look like. Yeah, okay. As I say, I'm in conversation with my scripture person, and then I'm a liturgist. First of all, imagine a church, number one, being as bold as the Church of the New Testament. Being bold, the risk, Mm -hmm. the risk that Peter took, the risk that Paul took, quarrel Paul and Barnabas, and but move forward. Being bold, you are guided by the Spirit. That's what Pentecost is all about. That's the first point, if we can be bold. My second point, also, being resilient. African resources. African resources will make you resilient. African cultural resources will make you resilient. African human relationship resources will make you resilient. Call it Ubuntu, call it anything you want, but being resilient and being open to, to recreate, reinvent the human. Because to be Christian, to be Catholic, is to follow the spirit in reinventing the human. And we have these resources in the Africa, in Africa. And then synodality means trying to go to the palaver tree. It's unavoidable. Around the palaver tree, everything comes out. There's no judgment. You don't judge. You allow each person to speak. People take their turns, young, old, women, 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 men. People have to speak. And that's what I think Francis uh, wants. And then if we are able to get around the palaver tree, then I have to repeat myself. Ministry with large ears. If we get to the palaver tree, then it will be ministry with large ears. 
That is, we have to listen, to listen. And you never get tired of, of listening because you will never make a mistake by listening. And finally, my final point, because of the boldness of the New Testament, because of listening to African resources, we must have the courage to get beyond the dependency syndrome. We must get beyond the dependency syndrome. There is a church in the West, but this Western church should not be conceived as simply one local church, mm -hmm. the local and the universal. And this requires boldness to get beyond the dependency syndrome and be a real local church. I'm sorry, I've spoken too much. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't think, Professor Zuku, you can speak too much because yeah. when you open your mouth, wisdom flows from you, like from a fountain. And I am sure that we will have you again during this year of the Synod and next year to give us more illuminating insight. We All thank right. the good Lord for your life, your boldness, you. your resilience, your courage, your authenticity, but also your graciousness. You embody for many of us a model of what it means to be a simple, loving, and caring Christian, a priest, right. a scholar, and I will say a friend. Thank you very much. Thank you for your life. And um, as we come to the end, we make a closing statement. And that statement is really about your life, Professor Zuku. How one life can impact many lives. This idea of corporate personality. Some people think it's only when you are dead that you become an ancestor, that you begin, then we start to pour libation to you, remember your words, eat your words, digest it, and celebrate what you represent but obviously, what the life of Jesus teaches each and every one of us is that each and every one of us can actually show to people the footprints of God. We can be the gospel that others will read. The stories of Jesus we hear are stories of what he did and what he said as recounted by his followers. And that's what really the church today is called to be. What is the story or what are the stories emerging from our communities? Are they gospels that people can read and come to believe? Like Herod, he asked the people when Jesus was preaching, shaking the walls, the citadels of power. Then Herod said, is this John? I killed him. But who is this of whom I hear so many things? So you, by your life, your words, the things you've done, you show us the footprints of God. People can say, what is this? Who is this man of whom I hear so many things? And the things they hear are illuminations of the pathway that God can lead us beyond the present contestations and often the pains and joys of our time. So thank you for your life. And we will ask you to invoke the power of God upon us and all the listeners as we wrap up our very, very profound and engaging conversation. Thank you so much again for inviting me. And the invocation will go this way, or the prayer will go this way. Spirit, 
God, our Almighty Father, God, the one who calls us together, it pleased you to send your Son among us. It pleased you to send your Spirit among us, the Spirit that makes us finally free, the Spirit that makes it possible for us to be true sisters, true brothers, the Spirit that encourages us to be bold, to carry forward the same ministry of your Son, a ministry to the world, to change this world, to make it a different kind of world where all will be sisters, all will be brothers. I ask you, Lord, to send pour down your blessing upon us all and to heal us, to go to all those areas of our lives, from family, through villages, to clans, to towns, to cities, to countries, to the whole of countries and continent of Africa, and to the rest of the world, to pour out your blessing in this preparation that we are making, in this synod we are doing together, so that hearts and minds tied together or speaking together from you, hearts and minds listening to you may be able to realize that your objective of making us all one in the name of Jesus, your son, who lives with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Professor Zuku. Appreciate <laughs> thank you very much and thank you brothers and sisters for being a part of this very engaging episode we look forward to uh, being with you next week for another engaging episode until then we ask you please be strong in your faith be courageous in your hope be fervent and faithful in loving take care of yourself take care of your neighbors take care of this beautiful earth that God has given us. And if no synod is going on where you are, please ask your priest, why, why are we not being consulted? Or ask your bishop, what is going on, bishop? Because we are in the process of synodality. And until we see you next week, God bless you. Bye. Thank you.